We're reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. We're using material from the book Treasure written by Jacob Armstrong. I also want to lift up another verse that he uh, has in this daily devotional from the Gospel of Mark. Familiar passage both from Scripture and from uh, President Abraham Lincoln. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Mark chapter 3, verses 24 and 25. These are the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you please to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, thou our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had two bosses? A friend of mine has just started a job. He's super excited about it, but it's ended up being really complicated. He got the job because of a friend we'll call A, and he'd done a lot of work with friend A. Friend A has had a business, which she's in the process of selling to a group of three women, whom we'll call B, C, and D. So my friend is employed by B, C, and D, but A is the one who got my friend the job. So B, C, and D expect my friend to be here during certain times, but A expects him to be with her during certain times, and he's getting pulled back and forth. At times he feels like he has two bosses, A and B, C, D. Sometimes it just feels like he's got four bosses. There are different people telling him what to do, and he can't keep anyone happy. It's just impossible. He's getting pulled in so many directions. And he talked with me about how he loves the job, but this has got to end. He can't take being pulled in so many different ways. Jesus knew what it does to us to be pulled in different directions. And so he let us know that we can't have two masters. It doesn't work to serve more than one Lord in our lives. It doesn't, worship, it doesn't work to worship more than one God. He saw how easily we could be pulled by different allegiances to our work or to our family or to our community or to church volunteering. We can get pulled in a lot of directions and find ourselves anxious and miserable. Jesus' desire for us is clarity and peace. The clarity that comes from having one Lord, choosing Jesus as Lord. The peace that comes from pleasing one master and not being torn in so many directions. So I want to reflect with you on that situation of being torn. Help, you, help all of us think about times in our own lives where we have had multiple masters. And hear the good news that Jesus is offering us of choosing one master. Now, I would normally say that I have one master, and my master is the Lord. But I have to confess that this last week, my master took a second, a back seat. Yes, it is true, I, like many people in this region, had a different master, and my master was the Cubs. 
I'm not normally a big sports follower. I'm pretty ignorant about all of that, but I'm dating a man who is, so I have been watching the Cubs, and it has been really fun. <laughs> so I've been watching these Cubs games, and if you've been watching the Cubs games, you've been staying up too late. And Wednesday night was really fun, and I stayed up till the bitter end, and was I dragging Thursday. So I was very aware that I was preaching on how you can't serve two masters. And I was very clear that the Cubs had been my masters for, for a good portion of last week. And it was funny. I think a lot of us were dealing with that issue of it's such a special thing to stay up late and watch these Cubs games. But boy, do we pay for it the next day if you're a Cubs fan. I think doing that for one week every 108 years <laughs> is probably forgivable. But imagine if this now made me everything Cubs. And imagine if I decided I needed to get Cubs season tickets. And imagine if when you needed someone to pray with you before hospital, I said, yeah, I'm sorry, there's a Cubs game. I need to get into Wrigley Field. Or, yeah, they're in Cleveland. I need to... You'd start going, um, who are you working for here? There are certain limited times where we get out of balance. And it's fine. We work it out. But... Our lives can so easily get out of whack when we have more than one master whom we follow. Who is your master? Again, we might say automatically, oh, God is. But when we look at our lives, it may not be that clear. Who owns your emotions? Is it your spouse? Is it your boss? Is it the stock market? I remember a parishioner who followed the stock market so closely, he was up, down, up, down, up, down. He went through a good phase, then it tanked. The stock market was his master, and he didn't know it. But that's what owned his emotions. Or maybe you feel like you've got two masters. You've got your boss at work, and you've got your spouse at home, and somehow you can't please either of them, and you're always feeling torn. It's really hard to know ourselves as having more than one master. What's most important? We have loyalties. They can be good loyalties, but we can still find ourselves torn and anxious. Jacob Armstrong, the author of this book, gives a wonderful example that I'm guessing many of us can relate to. He talks about how he bought a new car. It wasn't brand new, but it was new to him. And this was a really pretty, clean car. He loved how clean this car was. He even went out and bought new mats to put in to make the car look even cleaner. He had this really pretty, clean new car. And then it was a gorgeous day, and he and his wife decided to take their three girls out to drive up to an area of mountains and go for a walk in the mountains on this perfect day. And they drove through the drive through and the girls got purple slushies. You know where I'm going. <laughs> So each of he and his wife were in the front seat, and his three girls were in the back seat with their purple slushies. And pretty soon, Phoebe, his three-year-old, thought it would be a good idea to put her slushie in the imaginary cup holder. Now, if that had been a real cup holder, that would have been fine. But it was an imaginary cup holder. So she held out her slushie, she put it in the imaginary cup holder, and it splat all over the floor, up against the back of the front seat, onto her seat, purple slushy everywhere. Jacob confesses he was fuming. They pulled over the car, 
got, you know, pulled out, trying to clean everything up, pulling up the mat, and he is just livid. And meanwhile, he, while he's having a temper tantrum, his three girls are over here looking at him. And it's clear that they feel guilty, but he sees something else on their faces. What he sees on their faces is, Daddy, when did the car get that important? Oh, how easy it is to, to let things become more important to us than people to get focused on another master and not even realize we're doing it. Last week, we talked about where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. And I spoke of, uh, told a story about my buying myself a, a very heavyweight Scottish sweater as a treat and how almost immediately I was anxious about the moths eating my expensive sweater and how it turned out my expensive sweater was actually too heavy to wear indoors. I don't even wear it very much, but I was still anxious about what might happen to my sweater or a friend of mine who loves sports cars and bought a Lotus Seemed like such a good idea, really got a good deal on a sweet Lotus. So, of course, it had to be stored in the garage, which meant his regular car was outside. And he was so busy working to pay for the Lotus that he actually didn't have much time to drive the Lotus. And he was worried about driving it all the time because what if someone broke into it and stole it? And this thing that had seemed like an object of pleasure instead became an object of anxiety. Where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also. Jesus knows that what's best for us is an undivided heart. It's not the experience of being pulled here and there and this direction and that direction, but being clear. And a remarkable thing happens when we're clear. When we know that Jesus is Lord, all the rest of the priorities take a bit of a back seat. It doesn't mean we love our spouse any less. It doesn't mean we love our children any less. But our, our anxiety gets reordered. When Jesus is first, we don't need to be so anxious about our work or fearful about losing our job. Armstrong talks about any time we find ourselves becoming excessively angry or excessively anxious, probably we've got one, more than one master. Probably when we're extra fearful, extra uh, anxious, we've got an idol going on that we didn't even know about. Armstrong confesses when he thinks back to the incident with the purple slushie that there's a difference between the guy, being the guy with the clean car, you know, being, having a clean car and being the guy with the clean car. And we can make idols. I'm the person who has it all together. That's the person with the perfect house. This is the person who makes oodles of money. This is the person who has that really prestigious job. And we can make those identities our idols and stop worshiping God. With God as Lord above all those other priorities in our lives, the things fall into place. They receive their proper order, and we find ourselves less anxious and more peaceful. Today, we observe All Saints Sunday, and we gather here as people of faith and hope. We gather here with gratitude as we think about those who have died in the last year and all of those whose love we're still grieving. I pray that you may have a sense of comfort and hope. We reflect upon the grace of those witnesses, the people who made Christ first, and the, the light that came out of their spirits, out of that primary commitment to Christ. We also may be grieving as we remember people and know that 
we didn't always have our priorities right in those relationships and how easy it is for us to miss the love before us as we're serving other masters. If you find yourself having that kind of grief today, I pray that you may receive comfort, that you might own that and ask for forgiveness, but trust that Christ will forgive you. Nothing we do in this life is unforgivable. You can be forgiven for having had those priorities wrong. You seek that forgiveness and have a sense of comfort and peace. May that come to you this day. Thanks be to God for the gift of having one master in our lives, the gift of grace that shifts us around to wholeness, the gift of that peace that helps us know who is first. Thanks be to God. Amen.